Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I am Christian Verweijs, one of the Liberators, and in this episode we're going to talk about groupthink. What is it, and what can you do with liberating structures to avoid it from happening? But before diving into the meat of the episode, I want to take a short moment to thank one new patron that we received this week. Kevin Keen, thank you so much for your kind support and for making our content possible. If you also like what we do, the podcasts we create, the blog posts we write, or the videos we create, or some of the other things we do to support the community, you can support us in many different ways, but one of them is to go to patreon.com and become one of our patrons. It's a simple way to give a very small amount of money, you decide how much, to us on a monthly basis. It's simple and it helps us create more time to make content like this. Now this podcast is all about groupthink. And it has everything to do with the kind of work that we do these days. Because a lot of that work, inside and outside organizations, is done in groups or teams, like task forces, scrum teams, management teams, or even your local church committee. And despite the benefits of working in groups, there are also some risks. And groupthink is a really good example of this, and this will be the focus of this episode. Now what is groupthink, and why is it a bad thing? Humans evolved as inherently social beings. Even though we may not always enjoy being part of a group, each and every one of us is very sensitive to group dynamics nonetheless. We have a strong desire to be part of groups, and that biases our ability to arrive at objective, ethical, moral, or productive decisions when working with others. And there are many examples of these biases, like our willingness to go along with the opinion of the majority, the so-called majority bias, or our inclination to seek only confirmation of our assumptions rather than their falsification, like a confirmation bias, or take our inclination to attribute success to what we did as a group and our failures to the situation, which is called the fundamental attribution error. Now, first discovered by psychologist Irving Janis, Groupthink is a particularly strong social bias where our desire for harmony and conformity within a group becomes more important than critical reflection, usually through the suppression of alternative views, or by isolating or ejecting dissenters, or by doing both. And this suppression can be active, like cutting people off, bullying or keeping them out, or it can also be passive, like swallowing your own criticisms or not saying what's really on your mind. Now, there are many things that groupthink is not, and this is because a lot of people misunderstand what the core essence of groupthink is. You shouldn't confuse groupthink with just thinking as a group. The distinguishing characteristic of groupthink is that dissent different opinions are discouraged for the sake of harmony, resulting in morally or factually questionable decisions and an increasingly narrow view of the world. This is worsened by a parallel process where groups become increasingly convinced of the rightness of their decisions, which is also called the illusion of invulnerability. Now our own history has many examples of groupthink with disastrous outcomes, like how management teams from the tobacco industry actively rejected strong evidence that linked smoking to cancer, or how the war on Iraq was based on the false belief that the country possessed nuclear weapons. The continued rejection of human-caused climate change by groups in our society is likely to become a future example as well. 
And you can also take the flat earth society that's becoming apparently increasingly strong as a good example of this. Now groupthink is only loosely related to alignment and consensus. So while it is true that groupthink can be considered as a form of fake alignment or fake consensus, groups can align or reach agreement without forcing everyone to feel and think the same way. Our need to arrive at a shared decision as a group does not preclude our ability to carefully weigh alternative perspectives and ideas. Now what causes groupthink? As it is, we don't exactly know what causes groupthink. There may be many reasons, but as many case studies show, it can happen in any group. But it seems to occur more easily in groups that are highly cohesive, where people strongly associate with being part of that group. And being isolated from people with other views is another potential cause. And finally, being under stress or pressure in terms of time or experience threats increases people's susceptibility to groupthink. And it's interesting to note how people that believe in a flat earth exhibit many of these symptoms. They are highly cohesive groups because they have a strong identity as flat earthers. They are isolated from people with other views or essentially they isolate themselves from those people and they feel like they are under threat from what they call mainstream science. So in a very real way, what may be going on here is an example of groupthink. But this happens in organizations and teams as well. Now groupthink also can influence how strategy is being developed. When groups face a shared challenge, they need to implicitly or explicitly develop a strategy to overcome it, as in the actions that they need to take to resolve it and the order in which those actions should take place. Now, obviously, the narrow worldview that comes with groupthink can result in poor and weak strategies that are likely to be resisted. For example, an organization may embark on transformation journeys that, as a result, may actively suppress dissenting voices or resistance out of a desire for conformity and for people to just get along with this transformation journey. Another example is, in many teams and organizations, Failure may increasingly be attributed to particular groups, departments, or people. Eventually, this becomes the narrative that everyone adheres to, even when the facts are different. Another example is that when developing a new product without intermediate feedback from users, it's very likely to get stuck in groupthink that your product is so amazing that everyone will want it. Because you don't have any views any perspectives or opinions that give you a different understanding of what's going on. A fourth example is ignoring signals that a particular strategy or project is not going as expected. And we have a lot of examples of this in large IT projects, especially when the governments are involved, people tend to be less likely to admit to the people in control and are in higher management positions that things are not going well. And another example is the implementation of backdoors and privacy-violating features by developers out of a strong belief that they are working for a company that is somehow morally justified to do so. And finally, groupthink can happen when development teams estimate work together and dissenting estimates are ignored. Just a small example, but this is also a very tiny example of groupthink. And that brings us to, I think, the million-dollar question is, how can you actually prevent groupthink? And as I said before, 
any group is potentially susceptible to it, but there are definitely things you can do to make groups less susceptible. The first strategy is to find and agree on a methodology to invite and explore dissenting opinions. And one strategy is to always have something called a devil's advocate, which is a rotating person or subgroup that raises alternative explanations and ideas. And it's not necessarily that they strongly believe those ideas or explanations, but it's their role to give a different perspective. Another strategy is to encourage members of a group to discuss ideas and decisions with people outside of the group, so as to get a fresh perspective. This is, for example, also the reason why you invite in users and stakeholders during sprint reviews when you work with Scrum. The third strategy is to create awareness of groupthink and what causes it, like suppression of dissent, isolation and pressure. If you're aware of it, at least you can notice it's happening and do something about it. And a fourth strategy is that leaders in particular should keep in mind that their opinions carry a strong social weight, even when this is not their desire or intention. Leaders do well to create space for other opinions rather than sharing their own. The very least they can do is let others share their opinions first and then give their opinion. And finally, it's important to create norms and work agreements in groups that encourage and protect dissenting opinions. It doesn't mean that everyone always has to agree with every decision, but there should be space to disagree and that should be okay. It's part of working together. How strategy not working can prevent groupthink. Now, we talking, we're talking specifically about uh, groupthink and how it affects strategy. And we believe that liberating structures can offer a remedy against groupthink. Liberating structures have been curated and developed by Keith McCandless and Henry Lebmanovich, and they represent an evolving set of interaction patterns for groups that allow all voices to be included in the conversation. And that inclusion alone is a good way to prevent groupthink. Now, strategy not working is a coherent set of liberating structures that are designed to develop, inspect, and update and apply strategy continuously with everyone involved. Now, some examples of liberating structures that can prevent groupthink and fit well with strategy not working are what so what now what, which is a liberating structure where groups make sense of the world together by carefully navigating a ladder of inference. So you invite them to collect data, to together make sense of that data and to reach conclusions based on those interpretations. Other examples are the liberating structures TRIS and EcoCycle Planning, because they help the groups develop other and alternative perspectives. 2510 crowdsourcing is also a way to use anonymity to encourage people to spread new ideas and to come up with the best ones that they have as a group. And then we have UX Fishbowl, which can be used to invite dissenting voices or different perspectives in the inner circle of a fishbowl. Suppose you're in an agile transformation. If people are up for it, it would be very interesting to do a UX fishbowl with some of the people that are not really big fans of what's going on. And finally, core structures like one two for all or impromptu networking can create space for different views and opinions, while also dampening the influence of highly opinionated or more powerful people. So although the topic of liberating structures really deserves its own podcast episode, we just want to make you aware of their existence and encourage you to explore them as a means to 
well, maybe not prevent, but at least avoid or reduce the chance of falling into the trap of groupthink. Let's move to the closing of this episode. In this episode, we talked about the social phenomenon of groupthink. It can happen to any team and any group of people working together. We shared a number of solutions, including some liberating structures you can use and also some other strategies. Let us know what you think in the comments. And with that, we've reached the end of this episode. And I want to thank you for taking time out of what is obviously going to be a busy day to learn something new, in this case about groupthink and how to prevent it. I hope you liked the episode. And if you did, please give it a thumbs up or a thumbs up or whatever works in the platform that you're listening on. And also share it with other people that you think may benefit from this podcast. It's always nice to know that our work is having an impact on other people. And if you have ideas for new podcasts, topics that you like us to talk about, maybe challenges that you have that you need help with, let us know. I'll make sure to, um, to read the comments every now and then to gather new ideas for other podcasts. Having said all that, I really want to wish you a very great day and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening.